Thanks for tuning in to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We're psychotherapists and the founders of Soul Shepherding, a ministry to pastors and all kinds of people. The Lord Jesus smiles to you. Come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. But maybe you're too busy or stressed. If so, not only are you missing God's peace, but also his power for loving and leading. So we're doing a series on rest. We're so glad you've joined our conversation with Christ, our master, soul shepherd, and friend. Hello, Soul Talks friends. We're so glad to have you tuning in with us. We love hearing from you on your experience with these podcasts. We're thankful for our friend Steve and Nancy Harper, pastors in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Steve and Nancy. And Steve shared that a, a colleague said to him, hey, Steve, I've noticed a great difference in you since you've been attending those soul shepherding retreats. And we are just so grateful for that encouragement. And it's really on fits right in with our topic here on rest, because that's a main reason why we do these five-day spiritual formation and soul care retreats for men and women in ministry is for the training and learning to rest. And that's what we're talking about in this series on Soul Talks, rest and Jesus's instructions and love for us to practice Sabbath. Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. It's the fourth of the ten, and it's one of the most repeated commandments in the Bible, and yet it's one of the most neglected, unfortunately, because Sabbath is a great blessing. It's for our renewal. Jesus said people were not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for people to bless us, to renew us, to rejuvenate us. And he knows we need it. It's for our good. And, you know, Bill, this is, this strikes me that this is built into nature. You know, we're in winter right Mm -hmm. now, and it's a season of rest. The trees are resting. They've let go of their leaves and their productivity, and the bears are hibernating, and the land is resting from its, you know, producing crops. And so, you know, as we take down our Christmas decorations, often I wait to put up other decor and kind of lean in a little bit to this season of rest and what feels kind of like a barrenness and an emptiness. Oftentimes, especially after the busyness of Christmas and, and New Year's and family and all of that, it just helps me to remember that I need to rest too. We need to make a space, a space for our souls to uh, appreciate God's presence and to just have some openness there. Yeah, it doesn't always appeal to me. I mean, you know, oftentimes we'll talk about being, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going so fast, or I'm so tired, I just want some rest. But when it comes down to it, um, sometimes we're resistant to it. So it's helpful for us to be intentional and to talk about it. Yeah, we need rest, but we avoid it because we, we like being busy and productive. We like the adrenaline that comes from moving fast and accomplishing lots of stuff. And maybe we don't like the things that we're feeling deep inside that start to percolate up to the surface when we get quiet and still. Even just putting our heads on the pillow tends to bring those feelings up. And that's actually a good thing because that's how God's made us. And uh, we've learned to really lean into that in our marriage and in our soul friendship and some of our friendships with safe friends to process those feelings, those needs, the, the stresses, the things that are going on in our life and experience that catharsis that comes when you've released your emotions and you feel understood. Yeah, you gave me that gift this week. We'd had a, a busy time with family and town and celebrations and, you know, just all the things that, that go with that. And it was a great time. 
And we had our first night kind of alone and to rest. And I realized that I had a lot of emotions that I'd been containing that I hadn't processed, I hadn't had time to. The irony of that is that even in the holiday celebrations and the the joy of Christmas and having all our kids with us and many things that were really a blessing was that, well, there's some stress in all that. So you were internal, we both were internalizing Mm -hmm. some, some stuff there that we hadn't realized, but it was, our bodies were sagging down Mm -hmm. a a bit with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was hard to connect. It It was hard for me to connect with you. And so as you held that space for me to listen to me and let me process some of the emotions, it felt like it was like pond scum was getting cleaned out of my soul. And you don't that, look like you have any pond scum on you. <laughs> well, thank you. But some, you know, some of the stresses, some of the negative emotions that I was carrying from that, and just being able to identify them, kind of confess them, name them, process them through, and then it was like I was able to let go of them, get rid of them, and get clear again, and return back to just praising God and being thankful for all the gifts in the holiday season and this, this last month, and reconnect with you, feeling close to you again, because I was able to process through. And let go and really enter into a restful evening with you. It was a blessing for me to listen to you and to empathize. And, and wow, just to see the transformation that came over your personality mm-hmm. after sharing and being heard and understood and so forth. Uh, your soul became like the still waters. Yeah. And there was definitely no pond scum there. <laughs> and you were reflecting the, the beauty of the heavens mm-hmm. above. Praise God. Thank you. Yeah. So the gift of listening to one another uh, in a friendship is an important part of how we experience rest. And I don't think most uh, people understand that. Uh, It's a a much neglected practice, really seeking soul friendship and pursuing safe people who we can give and receive empathy with, because that catharsis that we experience really helps us to come alive Mm -hmm. and be rejuvenated. And to calm down and to put our souls at rest and to reorient back into the kingdom of God and connection with Christ. It's a major expression of the kingdom of the heavens. The presence of Christ is the compassion of a friend who really tunes in and cares for us. And Jesus modeled on the Sabbath. He spent with his disciples. He spent in community with mm-hmm. others. Yeah, he relaxed in Peter's home with Peter and Andrew and Peter's mother-in-law there. Uh, that was a regular place that he Spent time on the Sabbath day, took lots of walks through the grain fields along the lake, lots of time in solitude and silence on his Sabbath day. Sometimes the Sabbath day, uh, he had uh, times beyond the normal Jewish Sabbath of Saturday where he took extended time alone in quiet prayer uh, and in nature and beauty and was replenished and renewed. And it was very important to him in his rhythm of life. So we're talking about rest and rest for your soul that Jesus offers us and the difficulty that we have with experiencing that. I know something that we teach, honey, that I keep trying to live into is the idea that ministry begins with rest. And so I really look to begin my day in rest. And it might not look to some people like I'm resting because sometimes I'm running (laughs) (laughs) or or walking, but I do these uh, prayer walks and runs and I meditate on scripture. Uh, I also exercise in the morning and just tune into God's presence. I memorize and meditate on scripture and do some breathing, some relaxing, trying to just saturate my mind and my heart and the the beauty and nourishment of God's loving presence and and then go into my day from there. That's the best way to do it. 
What do you feel is the, the gift in that, honey? What's helpful to you in that? Well, you know, just the sense of God's presence and the sense of aliveness that comes when we're really appreciating that with Jesus, we're in the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy, as Paul speaks of in Romans fourteen seventeen, And it rejuvenates me to be reminded of God's love and to have his words of truth and grace filling my mind, renewing me. So let's talk a little bit about what is Sabbath? What does that mean to you, honey? Well, Sabbath is one day a week in seven where we really focus on the Lord. We stop our other activities and things that distract us and really train in depending upon Christ and not not ourselves, and really lean into letting go of productivity. So one day in seven, it isn't necessarily Sunday. No. For some, from pastors and people in full-time ministry, Sunday is often a work day. Yeah. And, you know, there is often controversy around if Sabbath is Saturday or Sunday or, you know, all of that. And we can get lost in some of the legalisms and specifics. And I think that really we want to focus on the spirit of the gift that God gives us and models for us, that it's it's not so much about getting caught up in this, those legalisms, but it's the spirit of this rhythm of rest. Yeah, Sabbath day becomes legalistic if we do it as an end in itself, as if it's some sort of a righteous thing to keep a Sabbath day. And that's not the case. All of the disciplines, they have no value in and of themselves. They're, they're means. They're means to connect with the presence of the Lord, to experience His grace. We're, we're making a space mm-hmm. to, to hear God's voice and to trust in His love. Yeah, and so we need to be careful of some of the legalism, some of the rules. I remember being just shocked when we were in Israel, and the elevator would stop on every single floor. On the Sabbath day, yeah, you couldn't push a button. I mean, you could push it, but it wouldn't do any good. And so the people that were legalistically keeping the Sabbath, they wouldn't push any buttons. And our room was on the 32nd floor, so we just had to wait until the door happened to open around there and then jump out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing when we do that. But, you know, you're listening, you might think, well, wait a minute, but Sabbath is a commandment. So isn't it that a matter of obedience? Well, yes, of course it is. But what it's really after is the principle of worshiping the Lord and uh, resting in God's presence. And that's the teaching that we want to follow. And the, the Sabbath day is a, um, a means to that end, that experience of intimacy with God. So uh, a theme verse here for this series we're doing, we're going to be doing five weeks here on rest, uh, on soul talks, and Hebrews 4, 9 to 11. This is just such a great teaching here. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. I love that passage. What do you love about it? I love the concept that the Sabbath rest remains. That wasn't just an old commandment, but that's a blessing for us today. Jesus practiced the Sabbath. He rested in his Father's love. He taught his disciples to do that. They passed it on to us, and I love this paradox, this uh, oxymoron of sorts, that we're to make every effort to enter God's rest. In other words, work at resting. Mm -hmm. Those two don't seem to go together. Right. Discipline yourself (laughs) to rest. Mm -hmm. But there's great wisdom there because Mm -hmm. it takes training. So I didn't used to know how to rest. 
And that affected you and our kids. Yeah. I knew how to work and accomplish things and then maybe rest as a reward from having mm-hmm. worked hard. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really understand the concept of the Christian Sabbath, that it's the first day of the week and we're to then do our work following rest and the discipline of stopping our work, stopping our productivity as a way of reminding ourselves and appreciating that God is at work. And that's the big thing in life is that God is creating, he's redeeming, he's speaking, he's guiding, he's doing all sorts of wonderful things all around us all the time. And our great opportunity is to notice what God is doing and then step in and join him. And Sabbath rest is meant to help us do that. I'm thinking about the Israelites in the wilderness and the way that they were not to gather the manna on the Sabbath day. And those that did, there was a self-dependency. There was a lack of trust in God. They were depending upon their own ability, and they were doubting God's provision to be enough for them on the Sabbath. And I've been guilty of that, where I can fall into that. And so by entering into this discipline of Sabbath, it does help us to trust God and to remember that he's our source and that he's with us. Yeah, and so God gives us the gift of Sabbath. He provides for us. And he wants us to be in relationship with him and receive from his hand. A great example of that, one of my favorite scriptures in uh, Psalm 127. I'm not sure many people think of this in the concept of Sabbath, but I think it's a great teaching on Sabbath rest. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Those are famous verses, but listen to the next one. In vain, you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For the Lord grants sleep to those he loves. And then listen to the next verse. Sons are heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him. And it goes on. Psalmist talks about family from there. But what an interesting connection there, right in the middle of speaking about uh, home and uh, neighborhood and our daily work. We've got this verse about sleep and uh, resting and being replenished. There's something to that. Yes, there is. And I've been happy to have you learn that because as you have been practicing Sabbath, I've come to see you actually learn to be able to take a nap on a Sabbath day. That's a big deal for me. A really big deal. I always thought naps were a waste of time. But then I came to understand that actually Sabbath is all about wasting time in a sense. I mean, you're doing what's actually most productive. You're worshiping the Lord. You're resting in the Lord. You're appreciating what God is doing. But from the standpoint of just normal outward uh, assessment of things physically, we think that, well, we're not accomplishing anything. So I'm just wasting time. But that's when we know that we're resting. When we get bored, we get a little restless, but we just stay with it. And we just lay there, meditate in the scripture, pray, be in a conversation with somebody, and just uh, enjoy God's presence. Well, as you've been practicing this regularly, weekly, I've seen the difference in you. I've seen that your body even actually knows when it's the Sabbath and actually will let yourself sleep later. You don't wake up at the time you do all week, raring, ready to go. It's an amazing thing, but what happens there is there's a habituation. If you train in Sabbath long enough, you start to get uh, habits around resting on your Sabbath day. And uh, my Sabbath day is Sunday because I'm not a church pastor. Our ministry is to the pastors. So most Sundays we are able to rest and uh, have some space there. So 
yeah, my body has gotten really used to that and started to crave that and just really sink into that. And I'm so thankful because that sets up my whole week. It does. And also I've seen your practice of this influence when we go on vacation or when we're on an extended retreat. You can really get into a position of rest quickly. And that didn't used to be true. It used to be that it would take you several days. And then just about the time you into rest, you were gearing back up because we were about to turn around and re-enter. Yeah, that's a common thing that I hear from uh, my fellow type A uh, men and women in ministry that we connect with is that it's hard for them to go on vacation and really settle into the time and enjoy themselves. It, It takes them two or three days. And just about the time they're beginning to rest, they're already winding back up to get back into their work. And I know that experience. And that's a good sign that our body has not yet been formed by the rhythm of Sabbath and that we need to do some training there. So what is Sabbath not? Sometimes it helps us understand what something is by looking at what it's not. And it's not a legalism. We've mentioned that. It's not a day off. A lot of people, um, particularly pastors I talk with, they normally have a day off that the church gives them, and that's a good thing. Um, But a day off tends to be a day that we get our errands done, we do some projects, we just kind of do whatever we feel like doing, maybe we catch up on things, and that's a great thing, but it's not a Sabbath, because a Sabbath is a day that's devoted to worship the Lord and to rest in His presence, and there's a, there's a purposefulness to that. And I think the other thing we'd say is that Sabbath is not a matter of earning something. Sabbath is a means to an end, a means to rest and worship. We don't do it to try to earn God's favor or for self-righteousness. We do it as a gift from God that we're receiving, and it's also a gift we're giving Him in our obedience and our attunement to Him. Yeah, God helps us to rest, and He teaches us to do that because He loves us and because He knows that that's how we're going to be healthy. As Psalm 127 is teaching us, that's how we're going to be more loving to our family members and friends in our community is by getting enough rest. So God wills this for us, just like we as loving parents will rest for our children. But we, like our children, also resist rest. (laughs) How often I've held a crying baby who's overtired but's resisting rest or Mm -hmm. um, had trouble getting our kids to nap (laughs) when I knew they needed a nap. And I resist rest like that sometimes, when, even though God in love knows I need it and wants to give it to me. Those are great examples because a, a child learns to rest from being held and cared for by a parent whose soul is at rest. We absorb that. And see, that's how we learn Sabbath. Of course, we learn that by absorbing it from the Lord Jesus, who says, come to me and uh, you'll find rest for your souls. Um, but we also learn that in relationships with the body of Christ, as people care for us and listen to us. But we really do need to absorb it because it requires uh, trust and security, peace, bonding with someone who is a non-anxious presence. Yeah, so that's an important part of the training is in relationship, isn't it? It really is. It's one of the things that we find people really receive in our Spiritual formation and soul care retreats, they're learning that, how to really rest. Even though it's a training, even though there's lots going on in that week, that's one of the things we hear from people and we see the difference it makes in them. Yeah, we do various disciplines and experiences of community and small groups and they receive spiritual direction and so forth. But we made it a five-day retreat on purpose and that's going against the grain of the culture. It's a big commitment Mm -hmm. for people to set aside those five days, but it really 
takes that from the standpoint of, of the training and habituating our body and re- really learning something deeply so that we can carry it into our daily lives and ministry. I remember the story of the pastor who sought help from me with a sabbatical and was giving him some counseling, something that we've been doing a, a lot of, doing intensive work with pastors, pastor couples, uh, helping them plan their sabbaticals and then to really make good use of it by providing them some soul shepherding. And so this pastor, his testimony after his three-month sabbatical was just extraordinary because he it really illustrates the point of why we're doing this series on rest, why we've written the, the guide, a sabbatical guide for pastors that's been uh, very popular just in uh, just over a year. We've had 10,000 people make use of that resource. And so his story there was that he realized after his sabbatical that he never knew how to celebrate the Sabbath. He didn't really know how to rest on a Sabbath day. He had tried to do it, but it never really worked for him. And it wasn't until he had three months of training and really going through the withdrawals of disconnecting from his work and his responsibilities and the email and his identity as a pastor and all that stuff. It wasn't until he really unplugged from all that that he realized, oh, this is what it feels like to be at rest, to be free of anxiety, to be in the easy yoke of Jesus. And so then after his sabbatical, he was able to get in sync with the rhythm of a weekly Sabbath and have it really be restful and carried into his life. So that's really what this series is about, and we hope that you'll continue on with us the next four weeks as we go deeper into uh, what the Bible teaches about rest and uh, the psychology of that and how we can renew our souls in God's presence and in our relationships so that we can take this rest and especially this Sabbath day rest into our daily responsibilities and ministry. Jesus, we thank you for your love for us, your thorough, intimate knowledge of us, knowing that this is good for us. And we ask and pray that you would continue to teach and train us, Lord, to respond to this gift and to learn from you and with you how to really enter your rest and be renewed by you and grow in our dependency on you and our love and worship and adoration for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. When Christy and I were given a sabbatical a couple of years ago, we had resistance we had to overcome. We've seen this also in pastors and ministry leaders who have sought our help for sabbatical planning and counseling. Out of our experience, we created a sabbatical guide for pastors. We thank God that in just over one year, it has been used by over 10,000 people. We're really excited about this resource. We've updated it and turned it into a booklet that you can give to a pastor who needs a season of rest and renewal. You can order this sabbatical guide on soulshepherding.org.